You're listening to The Conservative Conscience. In Washington, politicians are full of half-truths and hot air. The Conservative Conscience is here to help you cut through the rhetoric and noise and explore the politically right way to think about the issues. You'll dive into one of the most insightful conservative minds in America. Conservative Review's senior editor, Daniel Horowitz. And along with co-host Joe Koss, they break down the major issues in Washington. You are now entering The Conservative Conscience. And welcome back to The Conservative Conscience. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz. Here at Conservative Review, Thursday, May 11th, and this week cannot end soon enough. Are you sick of this binary idolatry? You know, we brought to you an episode with the leader of the Federalist Party, co-founder of the Federalist Party. We had our previous interview with Roy Moore. People we could actually believe in. Concepts, ideas we could actually believe in. What we stand for. Or we could just be like Fox News all day and, uh, oh, Republicans good, Democrats bad, Democrats are hypocrites, even though Republicans are hypocrites too, and even though we're falling on the sword for defending things that aren't even conservative under the guise of conservatism. You know, I, I, I did another Fox business hit last night with Lou Dobbs, and, you know, I, I'm tortured by this because on the one hand, I want to just write them all off. On the other hand, look, if I can get some sanity in and, and say some talking points that people actually don't hear elsewhere, bring my message to new places, as long as I don't have to vouch for something I don't believe in, maybe I'll do it. So I, I usually turn it down. I did it last night, wasted two hours of my time being picked up, go to the studio earlier, whatever. Um, and by the way, that's how so many of these people are dumb. It's the dumb leading the dumb because... It's people that spend their whole day with the makeup and the smorgasbord and, ooh, I go on TV with the 20-second sound bites to buy by three different people talking over each other, and you can't even delve into a specific issue. And, you know, they make what's important not important and what's not important important. Everything's binary. Everything's it's – just, it's just dumb. I'm sorry. I mean, despite all the things I've said about Fox, I guess they still <laughs> invite me back, but whatever. But anyway, it's all Comey, Comey, Comey. You know, it's funny, the guy who ran the bureau, this Media Link bureau in Baltimore, where I am, uh, he tells me that, yeah, I mean, he hasn't slept in 40 hours because everyone from all sorts of networks comes into his studio to do, to do cable hits. And, uh, you know, typically you're going to hear from me that this is not the most important thing to talk about. I'm not going to talk about it. And that's exactly how I believe, but I will talk about it to prove a lesson from it, because I think there's a lot of lessons we could prove on why it shouldn't be the most important story and why it isn't, but why it embodies what's wrong with our politics. The the, 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 the Comey fallout and the binary stuff is really the embodiment of the last couple months, what's going on. But, but yeah, I mean, we literally have a situation where, and I hope we have time to get to this, the judicial tyranny has reached a feverish pitch. And that's why I want you guys to go to Amazon, order my book, Stolen Sovereignty, how to stop unelected judges from transforming America, why we need to spawn a revolution for judicial reform. Um, that is everything, literally everything. We're not talking about the budget and the healthcare betrayal, which is everything. We're not talking about the religious liberty betrayal. The, the going back on moving the embassy to Jerusalem, which was the biggest news of the day. The Paris climate stuff. The fact that Trump hasn't appointed barely any nominees. It's funny, they talk about him firing Comey. The reality is he's barely fired anyone. Obama's guys are running the show. 
They're sending more troops to Afghanistan without first answering the question, what's the mission? What's the strategic outcome? It's a lot of important things. There's a lot of important betrayals on the fundamental issues of our time to conservatives. Yet we, ha- we always have to defend the indefensible or, or dubious things or hypocritical things because, well, the Democrats are hypocritical too and the media is hypocritical too. So therefore, we have to be hypocritical. Um, you know, it, it, it's amazing how I, I'm sick of being part of a party and a, and a so-called movement where we are dying on their hills. We're dying for the other person's ideology. You know, to, to paraphrase Patentier, I want to die on my own hill. I'm sick and tired of dying for the gutter ideology of the other SOB. And what I mean by that is you have Republicans and Trump constantly doing indefensible and often liberal things that aren't even conservative, but it gets blamed on conservatives. And, well, he's our guy, and the Democrats are attacking him, so we have to defend because it's the Democrats and it's the media, and we have to talk about that all day. And therefore, uh, yeah, you know, wave the flag here. You know what I mean? Like, you have, the, you have government um, websites promoting Ivanka Trump's book. Really? So I have to own that baggage now? I have to defend it? She's a freaking liberal. She's destroying this country. You have, I mean, this really hoses me, by the way. You have Jared, his family, that whole expose on the EB-5 program, the pay-for-play with China. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to waste time now going into that silo, but if you go to Michelle Malkin's second episode at CRTV and you got to register there, it's 99 bucks a year. You got to get your subscription. That's where you're actually going to see stuff you don't see on Fox News. Um, the EB-5 visa scandal outsourcing our visas and future citizenship to the highest bidder, crony capitalists in America, crony capitalists in China just basically gaming out our visa system. Um, really? So now Diane Feinstein is getting to our right on that and criticizing it? Again, and you know, we could say, oh, she's being intellectual. Of course she is. But, I mean, really? I mean, this is what we have to now defend? People that aren't even conservative or downright liberal or downright killing us on the important issues, but now they have their scandals? Look, I have no utopian view of, you know, what the world would look like if we had a truly consistent, principled conservative party that didn't have a glass shot. I know the media is going to come after us no matter what. I get it. Sure, the media is going to throw their punches at any hypothetical conservative movement or party no matter what. But it would sure be a lot harder for them to do damage if we didn't have the glass jaw of the tainted and progressive GOP. I mean, that's the thing. You're seeing it on healthcare, them tainting our messaging with Democrat talking points. But I digress. So the Comey thing. This is one of those situations where they're all right and they're all wrong. It's all true. What everyone's saying is true and everyone's hypocritical. Yes, the Democrats are a bunch of hypocrites. Until three minutes ago, they were saying how they hate Comey and he should go. And now that Trump fired him, they're upset. I get that. Sure, the media is hypocritical. Sure, Comey needed to go from a conservative perspective for a number of reasons. And I made that case at Conservative Review. I've been saying that for months. I said that before he was president. But could I defend everything about it and and, and guarantee you that a shoe's not going to drop and there isn't some corruption with Russia? I hope not. And I don't think the Democrats have much evidence yet. But he is a little too chummy with Russia. Again, Democrats are certainly chummy with Russia. They were chummy for eight freaking years. I get that. But why don't we have neither of it? Why don't we stand on our own veracity? Here's what I do know. 
Comey's the John Roberts of law enforcement. And what I mean by that is, you know, a lot of people don't know John Roberts. They think he's really a progressive and whatever. John Roberts was one of us. He actually wrote an amazing memo on what I write about in my book, uh, stripping the courts of jurisdiction for Reagan when Reagan wanted to do it. Back then, by the way, for school busing and prayer in public school, um, I mean, gosh, Reagan would have just downright ignored the courts if they would have gotten to a fraction of where they are today, the stuff he was fighting. Again, he wanted to strip them over school busing. I'm, I'm just, look, I'm just putting that out there. Um, he couldn't imagine transgenderism, stolen sovereignty, and all sorts of stuff like that. But Roberts was a great guy. He believes in what we believe in, Chief Justice Roberts. And that's why Ted Cruz recommended him. I mean, everyone who knew him at the time knew that. But when he became Chief Justice, and particularly Chief, that he felt he was responsible for institution, the, the thing with Roberts is that he's so obsessed with political outcomes, he so badly doesn't want to be perceived as being political that he's the most political guy around. <laughs> and everything he does is political calculation and not just built on consistent principle and just do the right thing. Hence the whole Obamacare thing that we know he didn't believe in anything he was saying. He like writes the whole thing, no, the government doesn't have the power, it's not part of the Commerce Clause, but it could do it because, well, it's a tax. But, you know, I don't believe in that. Now, Anyone who has followed our vertical, you know Roberts has a ton of other bad opinions aside from that. Many Often, he didn't write them, but he signed on to them very quietly. Recently, this, the Bank of America v. City of Miami one, where basically the City of Miami was allowed to sue banks for all their social ills. Um, and again, because the plaintiff, it's very political. Ooh, blacks and Hispanics. and that That's the type of guy Roberts is. He doesn't believe in it, but he's scared of the political outcome. That is your James Comey. He would get up there and give an indictment of Hillary Clinton and say it's unprecedented that we gave immunity to her own people and allowed them in the room with Hillary Clinton, even though we got nothing in return. Usually when you give immunity, you get something in return. And she smashed blackberries, and we know she broke the law, but I'm not doing anything. Right? His actions were completely divorced from his rhetoric. You know he would believe in his heart one thing, but he so badly didn't want to be political that he was very political. And what I wrote about my piece is, what I care about even more than the Hillary scandal, and don't get me wrong, it's a big deal, but I just feel like at this point, there's nothing we can do about it, and it's better we move on to, to policy, to what matters. Um, and there's more to this stuff than the Ru Russia. You know, this is the point I made the two seconds I had to talk on Lou Dobbs' show. I said, you know, what we should look for in the next FBI director, rather than talking about Russia and Hillary and Trump all day, you know, the FBI is mainly about countering Islamic Jihad, that's, that's what we need to be talking about? How to not turn America into Europe? You know, you want to talk about the FBI scandal. It's San Bernardino. It's Orlando. It's the knowing of people and letting Islamic terrorists slip through because of political correctness and the Muslim Brotherhood CV agenda. That's the real story there. That's Comey's real failing. So Comey would get up there and he'd go, you know, I have it all laid out in my piece just a week ago, and he'd speak with such conviction about, oh my gosh, uh, yeah, we have a major terror diaspora on America, people coming back, fighting from ISIS. We have a terror recruitment problem, 2,000 ongoing investigations, 300 of them being refugees, by the way, 15%. <laughs> Think about their share of the populations, 15%. And But then when it came to the policy suggestions, oh, so shouldn't we have a moratorium on refugees? Shouldn't we not allow the ISIS fighters back into America, like Ted Cruz's expatriate terror act? Oh, no, 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 we shouldn't do that. He'd oppose the policy. 
that, that that's that's James Comey for you. He recognizes the truth like John Roberts, but then he, his actions are just the opposite because it's all political. Because he doesn't want to be political. So he twists himself into a pretzel. That was the problem with Comey. Nobody liked him. He was too political, and we needed fresh blood. Of course he needed to be fired. That's a no-brainer. But damn it. Everyone needed to be fired. Every Obama person should be fired. See, this is the problem. Here's what I do know. Here's what I do know. Trump didn't get rid of an IRS commissioner, Commissioner Koskinen, even though that was a no-brainer. He had less credibility. I mean, everyone would agree. Conservatives wanted him impeached for destroying – he literally destroyed emails on data, covered it up. Um, and you know, even Democrats, some liberal media figures expressed surprise that he didn't get rid of him. He didn't get rid of Richard Cordray of the CFPB, the Dodd-Frank unaccountable agency that basically controls our economy. Gee, why? Let me ask you another thing further. Every agency is almost, almost every agency is run by an Obama person. This has never happened a few months into a presidency. People I know in the administration tell me that they, they're, they're everywhere. Think about this. In the, in the Department of Defense, the Department of Defense, Pentagon, there's only one Obama appointee, Mattis, and there's a lot of problems with him, but... You know, only one, no deputy, no assistant secretaries of state, almost all of them in all the departments, few have even been nominated. Nobody's in there yet. And, and, and when Lisa Murkowski, a liberal Republican, complains that Trump's not sending enough nominees to the Senate, dude, we got a problem there. So I'm saying there's not a lot of um, when it comes to principal policy, there's not, let, 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 let us say, alacrity on his part to flush the system. But suddenly you fire Comey. I'm, I'm just telling you that, that is that's the conservative case against this. Now I'm not against it. I'm for it. I, I argued he should have done it from day one. But that's the problem. You get in there and you say, "I'm president. I won. The president has plenary control over executive appointments. Congress has their check on confirmation. But I don't have to keep anyone I don't want to. I want everyone rowing in the same boat." We're going to have a coherent policy on everything, on what I believe. So you fire everyone. So you won't have this individual you know, scandal and speculation on this person. That's how you get around it. When you do this, oh, gee, people are going to wonder, gee, why didn't you get rid of Koskinen? And meanwhile, there's reports out there that he has ties to Koskinen. Because when conservatives wanted his help when he was president-elect during that lame duck session to actually get leadership to impeach him because leadership went back on their promise to put out articles of impeachment against him. They figured, all right, we'll get Trump. And, uh, well, Trump didn't support it. So that, that that's the problem. It makes you wonder, could I guarantee you it wasn't because he was scared of him investigating Russia? He did it for altruistic reasons? No, I mean, now he could do it for any reason. Let's be clear. Constitutionally, he could, that is his prerogative. But I'm just saying, this is the problem we have. It's all kind of true. This is the problem you have. And, and that's what I mean that the Comey stuff is the embodiment of this presidency so far. That everyone's kind of intellectually dishonest. Everyone has a, a glass jaw. If we only had a consistent, principled conservative, we wouldn't have a lot of these problems. And, and, and we're stuck with it. We're stuck just defending this and that. And again, I have no problem, and I've gone on. I went on Fox Business, and I agreed with them. I, I agree with it. Um, I just can't guarantee you there's no other shoe to drop. 
you know, just given that he's only, he did this randomly. And again, you know, I understand that you want, you know, all things equal, you have your deputy, um, they do actually have this, the one place you have a deputy attorney general Rosenstein in place because he oversees FBI. Fine. I get that. That's fine. But it is a little peculiar that none of these other guys have been fired. So, I mean, that, that it, it, it's kind of all true. It's not mutually exclusive. The Democrats are hypocritical. Yeah, we certainly get that. But we're always, we're always going to talk about this and not what actually matters. You know, I forget if I said this last week. I'm losing my mind. Um, if I did, I apologize if this is new. Well, you need to hear it. Sometimes you know the truth of, of what your so-called side is doing by a comment of your opponent. And the ACLU came out with a statement after Trump did his whole thing about his religious liberty executive order, and they said, our work here is done. I mean, they didn't say that, but basically, our work here is done. Um, This is nothing more than a big photo op that has no discernible policy outcome. No discernible policy outcome. And I said to myself, man, that's a money quote. That's the embodiment of this presidency so far. That there's so much smoke on conservative stuff, but no fire. All the fires on liberal stuff, actually. All the discernible policy outcomes is in favor of liberal stuff. What where he's actually headed on the PLO in Israel, where he's actually headed on many immigration issues. By the way, you know, there's there's another news report out that he's working with McCall and Cornyn on an immigration bill. No good could come out of that. So that's another thing going on. But no discernible policy outcome. That's what we fight about. We have this fake fight between the two parties, this and that and this and that. It's over a bunch of nothing. They're both intellectually dishonest. They both don't believe in anything. They disagree over 1% and then fight over even, not the 1%, just stupid stuff. While there's so many, I could list you 10 things that are more important. But you know what? There's one other lesson to take from Comey. In many respects, we're all like Comey. We're all tortured souls where we twist ourselves up because we don't just do the straight and narrow and speak the truth on a consistent level, on a principled level, what we believe in, in a smart, articulate way on the issues. We go back and twist ourselves up in pretzels because we're worried about the political outcome of something, and then we we just look all political rather than just looking principled. That's what we all are. So this is why we're all focused on Comey. But I want to discuss, you know, with the remaining time we have, some things that are actually more important than the Comey stuff. And like I said, I could think of a million things that are more important than this that actually have discernible policy outcomes that are negative for us that we should be fighting our own side to get implemented before we sit and defend our side from leftist attacks when our side is acting leftist. I mean, like I said, the betrayal on Obamacare, we're going to get back to that a lot more next week. I think that's going to come come in the news more. But the big thing is the courts. The big news this week is the fact that we have the Department of Justice groveling before a circuit court for for Circuit Court of Appeals, which is a creation of Congress, not the Constitution, begging them to allow them to protect America and not bring in endless refugees from the Middle East. 
Now, I have a post on this, but it's, it's unbelievable how refugee resettlement contractors that are parasitic, they get money from taxpayers, and they have everything to benefit and nothing to lose from by bringing in more Muslim immigrants in order for them to get more money. I mean, a lot of these executives get paid three, $400,000 running these organizations. They get standing in court to say, oh, man, we're going to lose our money. We're not going to get as much money if he doesn't bring in as many refugees. Could you imagine that? Ignore the darn courts. Oh, whoops, I forgot. Trump just signed a budget bill where he refused to even entertain the idea of defunding refugee resettlement and getting around the courts. But this judicial crisis is the biggest issue around. We have a lot of articles on this this week. I'm going to continue writing about this. You know, a lot of people are talking about the Georgia 6 election. Guess what? The courts are mandating that they allow people to register to vote who weren't registered to vote in the first round to now vote in the runoff. That's against Georgia law. Oh, whoops. Well, states don't control election law anymore. The courts have taken it over. Oh, but by the way, the same time the courts are saying that states can't even control state powers. Oh, states, you can go ahead right away and violate one of the few things that's manifestly a federal power, and that is immigration law. You know, the Sanctuary City case in San Francisco. So the point is, the courts now control immigration. This is my book, Stolen Sovereignty. Could you imagine the founders dreaming or entertaining an idea of a lower court controlling national sovereignty and the other two branches just sitting there as if there's nothing we can do about it, groveling before the courts? That's the big issue this week. And by the way, you know, why... why, Meanwhile, as Trump sold us out on the border wall, which still, why is that not big news? Why is that not a headline? I still don't understand. Like, you know, I said earlier this week when I was on with J.D. Rucker, our buddy from the Federalist Party, you, your eyes can't unsee that act of political adultery. But somehow we do. We just go on to Comey. Comey, defending Trump from Comey, defending Trump from Comey. You know, I'm not saying he necessarily did something wrong. I, I agree with it, what he did. But... It's distracting from the wall, from the fact that he promised to hire more ICE agents to deport people, which, by the way, we need. You see a bunch of stories this week of people getting killed by drunk driving illegals or murdered by illegals and nothing. And in fact, there's a CNN report out that he's meeting with John Cornyn and Mike McCall to discuss immigration reform. (laughs) Believe me, it ain't going to be our 20 reforms that come out of uh, such a meeting. You know, uh, Cornyn's top immigration aide for years was the guy who worked for Zuckerberg's Ford organization, the Open Borders organization, but it was a special type of organization he funded that was designed as a pro-conservative Open Borders organization that would put out those misleading ads touting the Gang of Eight immigration bill as a border enforcement bill. So that's who he's talking to now. But he's doing nothing about the courts. You know, next week it's going to be in front of the Ninth Circuit. And that's the thing. The Ninth and the Fourth Circuits are the same thing. And by the way, another piece I'm going to link to in the show notes. Don't let people confuse you. You know, you hear on talk radio, people know nothing about the federal judiciary, nothing about the circuit-by-circuit analysis. Uh, Oh, my, uh, Trump appointed five great judges. Now, first of all, I'm not sure how great all of them are. Some of them appear very good. I can't vouch for everyone. It's it's hard to know with lower court judges. I, I I don't know everyone. But even if let's just say they're amazing. Let let's see that point. 
we we have i i did a, our third piece together with my buddy my deputy here nate madden great guy by the way um our third piece in the last couple of months analyzing circuit by circuit we have a nice graphic showing you the breakdown why if you if you look at where the vacancies are coming from so which circuit are you filling a democrat appointee seat or a republican appointee seat um and then what state they're from given the problem that any blue state senator, Democrat senator, could block him. We're n- Trump is not going to change the judiciary, certainly not the Fourth and Ninth Circuits. So this problem is going to continue for months. Yet there's nothing we could get. Th- 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 there's nothing the courts could do that will elicit a righteous response from members of Congress or even the Trump administration. Oh, we'll, ap- we'll appeal it. Appeal it to what? They're all cut from the same cloth. But I want to end with the worst case. In my mind, this is the story of the week. This is the story of the week. I'll link to the article I just put out on Conservative Review so you could see it and read more about it, pass it around, share it with your friends. This is the problem. And I want to I want to just get on another tangent here before I talk about this case with the VA firing and, and the special court of appeals. Gosh, how do I say this? You know, I, I, it's funny. My, my experience going on Fox business, just watching how stupid these cable programs are. And, 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 and I was thinking like, you know, why would they spend so much money to hire a driver to come 50 miles away to pick me up, to come hire a makeup artist, have the local affiliate of the, Media Link Studio come out just for me at night. All for one four-minute segment that's divided between three people. And then I realized that most of these hosts, they need something to fill up the time with. They need guests because they're driven by the narrative. So they'll just go, oh, Kobe's in the news. Oh, let me get guests on to talk about it. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Here at Conservative Review and Conservative Conscience, when you believe in something in all of your heart and soul and you watch it and you observe it and you study it and you study an array of issues, there's so much content. Like I could talk forever without commercials. We could write so much. I don't know. I have so many things. I have a running list of things I want to write about. I don't like look for something to write about. Oh my gosh, there's something in the news. I need to get something out on it. It's the opposite. It's I have stuff I naturally want to get out and I don't even have enough time to get out everything I want to. And that's what I mean. That That's the problem with conservative media has become no different than the liberal media. It's not just in, the, in what they say in the intellectual dishonesty, the binary stuff. We've spoken a lot about that. It's the focus of what's important. What should be the most important stories to conservatives? So listen to this story. Everyone knows about the VA scandal. You know, obviously, this started with the Phoenix VA hospital in 2014 when the story was broken. And, and by the way, this is endemic in government-run health care. You're talking about, all oh, the veterans not treated correctly. Well, and, and that's certainly a problem, but gee, it's government-run health care. Could we have the rest of society not under that? But I digress. Republicans are too uh, dumb to make that case. So everyone agreed, bipartisan basis, um, oh my gosh, it's the worst scandal ever where you know the VA officials were lying, they were covering it up, they were actually um, posting phony wait times and cooking the books in order to give themselves bonuses, keep uh, failed bureaucrats um, you know, on the payroll, people that in the private sector would have been canned in, th- in, in three seconds. 
So the woman at the center of this scandal, the one who ran the VA Phoenix Hospital, is a woman named Sharon Hellman. She was fired by the Obama administration in 2015. Obama's VA fired her after an inspector general report, bipartisan report from Congress, um, just showed all the crazy things she did. And in addition, she was so freaking corrupt that the medical lobbyist, the medical industry lobbyist that gets VA contracts that originally got her the job at the VA, she would kick back contracts to him and got $50,000 worth of gifts. I mean, talk about a pay-for-play scandal. She was found guilty on two accounts, but guess what? Somehow she didn't land in jail. She got two years of probation. Okay, fine. Now, you'd expect, well, certainly she's gone from her job, right? Well, even Obama's VA fired her. Guess what? She appealed it. She appealed her um, her firing like all the union you know, workers, all the parasites do. So that's nothing new. And there's an administrative judge. You know, as, as the case with all these uh, firing and firings, there's an administrative judge within the executive branch of government that, that oversees this. And then it goes to the MSPB. That's kind of the administrative appellate body um, that that deals with this, right? The MSPB. So, in this case, what? And by the way, I'm sorry if I didn't explain. It's the U.S. Merit Systems Protection Board. That's where all the personnel complaints and appeals of firing go to. So basically. In 2014, Congress passed the bipartisan bill amending the you know, civil service protections that these VA people should have limited appeal opportunities. And it kind of limited that process. Comes a federal circuit court. I mean, this is unbelievable. She appeals to the federal circuit court, so an Article Three court. Now, to be clear, you should have no stand, no right to even take it there. Right. Article three courts are for, you know, you have a fundamental right that you want to assert. You don't have a fundamental right to a government job. Okay, that that's for the government's own appeals process to deal with. But but nonetheless, that, that, that that's that's what we have now. Now, just so you know, these civil service laws are unconstitutional. I don't have time to get into all that now, but but, you know, we've done a series of stuff on there. Um, Congress cannot prevent the president or his designee from firing people. You know I am an Article One person. Congress could do whatever they want. If Congress wants to check the president on a certain you know, position, they could restructure the office statutorily. They could abolish the office. They could defund the office. They could get back at the president by blocking his new appointment. You know, He wants to fill the vacancy that he fired someone with, and now he wants a new president. Well, they could block the Senate. The Senate could block that. But the one thing they cannot do is force upon the president any particular personnel. You have to keep this person because that at its core is Article 2 power. I mean, Madison said this. This is is a wealth of stuff on this. It's incontrovertibly clear because otherwise the president has no power. He is the chief executive officer of of the executive agency. So, so, So the president has the power to chuck people even when, you know, he... He's going up against Congress, even if they pass some sort of law. The law is unconstitutional. But in this case, Congress actually agreed with the administration, passed a carve-out to the civil service laws. So you have Congress and the executive branch agreeing to fire 
corrupt, failed people that allowed our veterans to die in these hospitals. And they themselves should belong in jail. Forget about even having, you know, holding their government job. And an Article Three court goes and says, no, you have to give them another bite at it. They have to have the opportunity to have the full appeal process before the MSPB because we're, quote, striking down the law. The law is unconstitutional. <laughs> I mean, again, if courts could redefine marriage and sexuality and election law and national sovereignty and borders and create an affirmative right to immigrate, they could you know, give people a right to have a government job no matter what. There's no limit. The reason why this plows new ground and it's so important is this is not just the VA. What's very clear is if Trump actually follows through with what he wants to do and doesn't just fire people that he feels are going to investigate him, but fires all the swamp, guess what? They're going to take it to court, and guess what the courts are going to do? And, and you know, the, the Senate's about to pass. They're, they're going to bring up another VA reform bill to make it easier to fire. The courts will throw that out, too. And and here's the important thing. This court is the Court of Appeals. It's called the Court of the Appeals for the Federal Circuit. For those of you that, you know, and those, some of you are lawyers, those of you who aren't, um, basically there's 13 federal appellate courts. So there's 11 geographical circuits. Then you have the D.C. Court of Appeals, not for the D.C. government, the federal D.C. district. And that's really the second most important court in the land because that oversees all the constitutional issues. But then not to be mixed up with the D.C. Court of Appeals, because this is also in D.C., it's the special specialized Court of Appeals for Federal Circuit. That's what it's called. And it just has random jurisdiction, a lot of custom claims, patents. So one of the things that was given to it was um, overseeing the MSPB appeals um, on employee personnel firings. This court was created by Congress, like all circuit courts were, but this one was created in 1982. This is not from the 1700s, right? And they were given that jurisdiction. And Congress is just sitting there in a fetal position. Man, boy, two branches of government getting beaten up by a lower court created in 1982 by Congress. Take away their jurisdiction. So just so you know, I am working with, I'm going to try to, pitch this to a number of conservative members, this is your perfect place to plant your flag for judicial reform. We understand that they don't care about immigration. They don't care about marriage or religious liberty. But everyone wants to fire these corrupt VA officials. Courts won't let you. What better place for Congress to assert their control over the branches that they created and gave jurisdiction than over the VA issue? This is an unbelievable story. You won't read it anywhere else because Comey. I'm telling you, cable news is making our people dumb, and some radio shows are too. Anyway, we're going to be all over this. We're going to be over immigration, the courts, a lot of other cases going, what we could do about judicial reform. We're going to follow this VA case. We're going to follow up on how Trump is not replacing more Obama people. We're going to follow up on some of the immigration betrayals. We're really going to focus on the budget and Obamacare and what happened to the wall. We're going to focus on the betrayal that's happening to you know with with Israel and promoting the stupid peace process. We're going to we're also I hope to get to Afghanistan. I criticized Obama for it. Put our troops in harm's way first. Discover a mission and now come later. These are important. We need people to give voice to this. 
but we need a party to give voice to us. And again, I'm committed to finding that one day. Let's go ahead and consume one elephant with one bite at the elephant at a time and create a new party, maybe a new animal. Anyway, we're way out of time here. Support our sponsors. Support Patriot Supply. Get your your 140 meals just for 100 bucks. Um, great to have in supply in case you need it. Big storm, big tornadoes. You want to supply a food in your house. You should have it anyway. Good to have on stock. Go to preparewithcr.com. They are conservative. They are supporters of us. Support them. Buy your food from them. Help support conservatism in a way that actually speaks to what matters. God bless you all and have a great weekend.